Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Edit Your Life. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Today, we're going to talk about letting kids experience risk. So this episode was inspired by a really super fascinating conversation I had on the Parent Hacks Facebook page. Um, we This actually started because this conversation about kids and danger and risk started because I shared a picture of what looked like a little girl cutting apple slices with a sharp paring knife. And it was a really, it was a, it was a great, great parent hack submitted by, submitted, submitted by somebody on Instagram. So cute. And so yeah, cute. No, it was, it was actually quite adorable. This little girl, you know, standing over this cutting board with, you know, all of these little apple wedges and, and a knife. Anyway, several commenters you know, a lot of people were really supportive about the notion of a kid learning knife skills at a young age, but several content con- commenters in a very, you know, reasonable way were sort of worried about the sharpness of the knife and the safety of the whole operation. And it, there's more to the story, actually, which I detailed in a blog post that I will link up in the show notes. But the point was, it just brought up this very interesting conversation about kids and how competent they are and when they are ready to be exposed to danger and actually how that helps them learn, mm-hmm. you know, both at home and out in the world. Yes. I found this dialogue that was happening on social so interesting and also quite familiar. Um, as you know, I'm a big fan of getting kids in the kitchen early. And while I did have Laurel start with, um, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's, it's a knife by Xylus and it's plastic and serrated and, you know, it's safe for kids. So I started Laurel with that as a toddler. But with Vi, you know, you know, Vi, she wanted the real thing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, with all the safety precautions and telling her to be careful and saying, you know, don't, you know, this will cut you, you know, you got to be careful. Um, people did freak out a little when I posted a picture of her helping me with meal prep one time and she was using a little par- paring knife to cut asparagus. Um, and I will say um, that in now, what, 11 years of cooking with my small people, my kids have never cut themselves, but I have cut myself like a million times. <laughs> you know, that's funny because several people on my Facebook page said the same thing. Mm-hmm. I've cut myself plenty. My kids have never cut themselves. Yeah. And so, yes, I think, you know, I think the thing is, it's funny. This 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 comes up over and over again in parenting conversations. You know, when I, whenever I mention latex balloons, somebody will talk about the fact that they are very dangerous choking hazards. Or mm. whenever I mention, and I'm not saying this from a, you know, oh, those overprotective parents. I'm not saying it with that tone. I'm just saying that there are safety hazards out there that 
you know, that people are legitimately concerned about, but this is also life. And so Mm -hmm. it's just such an interesting thing to talk about this. Um, So my kids actually are just starting to officially cook now. And they're much, I mean, my son is 16, my daughter's 12. They're much older, but now is the time when they've really expressed interest in doing it. And, and in the case of my daughter, I mean, I think she really has, first of all, she's tall enough now to really reach the counter. Mm -hmm. And also she's got the the coordination for it, which I don't necessarily think she did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for us, this issue brought up for me, um, you know, when they were much littler, it was about playing outside without direct supervision. You know, that was a thing that I would always yeah. do. I would send them outside or let them walk places alone. And I think the challenge in our family was that my husband and I had different ideas about what was safe. And, you know, we grew up very differently. We grew up with, you know, parents who had very different ideas about these things. And so my husband's and my gut feelings were completely not in sync about what was quote unquote safe or reasonable, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's tricky. It is tricky. And you know, your um, discussion on the safety thing with being outside. I mean, this is, this is such a huge issue right now, you know, with people getting like arrested for letting their kids go to the park or whatever. I mean, it's, it's sort of crazy, you know, because independence is what, we're striving for, right, as parents. And um, I just wanted to mention, and I'll link it up in the notes. I actually had to email John because he was the one who told me about the article, and I couldn't remember where where it was from. But a couple of years ago, there was an article in the Atlantic called "The Overprotected Kid," and it was really interesting. It was actually talking about these, um, uh, like, kind of risky play structures in England or something that were all about adventure, and there was like fire in them, and it was all kind of crazy and sounded really fun. But it it was basically talking about how the modern obsession with safety um, and overprotection really strips kids of independence, risk taking, discovery, while not necessarily making things safer. So, you know, it was a really good reminder to me and John about the importance of kids and experimenting with reasonable risk. Mm-hmm. Mm. So interesting. Fire. Boy, my son would be all over that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so even now when he finds a, a lighter or something, he's like, oh, yeah, provides lava. She wants lava everywhere. I was like, uh, okay. Um, Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages six and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more— all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. 
I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, honestly, there's an entire, you know mode of discussion about this and it's called free range parenting. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that Lenore Skenazy's book and conversation, um, you know, that, that, that she actually coined a term to, to describe what it is to let your kid be out in the world. I, I think that is so indicative of what's going on. And I think, um, you know, it, it, it's just, I, I think we've, Maybe because of what's going on in the culture, we've temporarily lost the ability to gauge what's reasonable. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, I've talked about just now in my family, what's reasonable can differ between two people. But I think in general, it's it's hard to feel OK with what you consider reasonable. For example, letting your kids use a paring knife or whatever when everyone around you is, you know, tutting at you. It just. It takes a lot of confidence to stand behind your decisions as a parent. And we talk about this at length in minimalist parenting. I mean, I think at the at at the base, it's all about trusting yourself and having confidence in your own gut and also being able to reasonably gauge your own kids readiness for things, because that really differs so wildly between kids. So whether that's handling a sharp object or, or even walking to school by themselves. Yeah, that's that's great. That's really in a, a really, really important point, because I think this whole situation is complicated because kids vary so much in behavior, you know, which is normal. Um, so meaning that, you know, the parent who's tutting about knife skills or walking to school or whatever it may be, is probably doing so out of a genuine place of concern and anxiety because perhaps their kid is distractible and doesn't follow safety directives well, mm -hmm. or one person's neighborhood is obviously going to vary hugely from another person's neighborhood in terms of safe, safety. So, you know, I guess my point is, and this is kind of our general mantra, mantra is that we need to cut each other some slack on the judgment thing. And remember mm -hmm. that we're all working towards the similar end goal of equipping our kids to be independent and possess, possess the ability to evaluate and make decisions. Well, you pretty much hit the nail on the head right there because uh, that's the thing. I think we, you, you and I with this podcast always come from that perspective of we're all doing the best we can for our kids. You know, this mm -hmm. is not, this is definitely not an episode that's about to make fun of people who are quote unquote overprotective. Even the word overprotective can be, um, <laughs> can be a little condescending because, mm -hmm. you know, my overprotective is your you know, genuine safety concern. And like you said, there are those kids that love to run out in the middle of traffic with it with no notice. I mean, that is true. And we don't necessarily know, you know, looking on the outside who those kids are. So I think you're absolutely right. We've got to navigate our own sets of variables when it comes to these decisions. And we've got to remember that other parents are doing exactly the same. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So I know we have a lot of great tips, but before we get to that, you know, we have a little housekeeping and 
I just had to take a second to share. I was catching up on Twitter the other day and to share this awesome tweet that basically sent a fleet of unicorns happily <laughs> trampling over me. <laughs> so Lindsay, who is at Lindsayness, L-I-N-Z-E-Y-N-E-S-S, tweeted, quote, I just worked my way through the late 10 latest Edit Your Life show episodes this week, and I'm loving you guys so much. Okay, so the reason this caught my eye, I mean, it's awesome, but I believe, Asha, that this is our first official documentation that somebody has binge listened us. <laughs> so, we have arrived. I know, right? So, Lindsay, thank you so much for tweeting and sharing that. You know, you seriously unleashed like such a happy unicorn stampede. And I mean, I've said this before, but truly this podcast is one of the great joys of my work life. And it's just so gratifying to hear from listeners. I just love it. So thank you, Lindsay, for, for tweeting us. Thank you, Lindsay. It 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 is. And it's not just about the fact that it makes us feel all warm and gooey inside, which it does. <laughs> but it also really helps us gauge what you know, what's what's um, resonating for you and what you're really finding helpful. So whether you use the Edit Your Life Show hashtag like Lindsay did, or you can post a note on our Facebook page, just let us know. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you're, you know, what's sort of ringing your bell so we can really make this podcast even more helpful for you. And speaking of helpful for you, um, <laughs> I I really want to I want to put a little um, note in here because today is a very special day, which is to say it's the last day that if you order my book, you will get a free gift. So. This is a really cool free gift. I, everybody who orders my book by the end of the day today, March 31st, gets a free custom silicone cupcake liner. That's true. It's, it's a cupcake so liner. It's okay, so cute. You know what's so cool about that? You would not believe how many uses there are for a silicone cupcake liner. And I'm not just talking about cupcakes. Mm-hmm. You can use them to... You know, when you're cooking, you can use them to prep your ingredients. You can use them for little, making little individual cups of jello. And actually, there are a whole bunch of other things that you can use them for. And um, because my publisher, Workman, is so fabulous, they thought it would be really fun to provide a sort of multi-purpose hackable item as a free gift for people who ordered the book early. So I hope you will, if you have a gift for a new parent or if uh, if it just seems like a fun book to you, which honestly, Parent Hacks is a really fun book, um, I hope you'll order. Um, if you go to my website at parenthacks.com slash book, you'll see the info on how and where to order and how to claim your free gift. So today's the last day. Get yourself over there and check it out. When I, Yeah, totally. When I was on the book page, I was like, and I was reading the description of the little the, the cupcake liner, and I was like, so brilliant. Use it to catch spills, like use it in your drink holder in your car. Like how uh-huh. smart is that? Or I was yeah. thinking, use it to hold all the quarters because sometimes I still need quarters for like the meters. <laughs> use it as like a little holder for all those quarters and keep it in your car. I mean, they're just like a million uses. I love it. You can brilliant. use it. Yeah, no, it's totally brilliant. People are, people are brilliant. I think that's funny. That's <laughs> one of the things that, that I've always walked away from parent hacks thinking like, boy, how do people think of these things? You know, the so only anyway. thing the only thing that would make that gift more awesome is if it had your head like on it. <laughs> like, how awesome would that be? I would just I would buy like I would just I don't know. I would buy like 3000 of them. I, Boy, oh, we really we, we really should have made that happen. Let's rethink instead. that. Rethink yeah. that for the next Parent Hack book part two. <laughs> <laughs> OK, we'll we'll do that. Anyway, <laughs> folks, parenthacks.com slash book. Go check it out. It's pretty fun. 
Very cool. Okay, so let's get to our tips. I know we have a lot of great ones for this episode. So Asha, why don't you kick things off? All right. So uh, my first tip, I think, is uh, it's a sort of a big picture perspective tip. And that is for before we even get into the choices you make as a parent or whatever, is to recall your own learning moments. So I think it really helps us to open this up with when we think about our own experiences growing up. Like, you know, so specifically, do you recall particular moments when you learned something that was especially helpful or important? Mm-hmm. So it could be as simple as when you learn to ride a bike or when you learn to scramble eggs or something like that. I know for me, I, you know, I was a very in my head thinking kind of kid. And so when there was something that I was learning that included the real possibility of falling or touching a hot stove or something like that, it really focused my attention in a way that all of my academic learning just never did. I'm not saying the academic learning wasn't useful. But the physical learning and the the exposure to risk really somehow it affected me in a way that was just completely different. And when I really recall that, it reminds me to give my kids the same opportunities to navigate risk. It's just so important. And but I have to remember that myself. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting point too. the sort of being in your head. And then, you know, because we I think as humans, like neurologically, we respond to um what's the word unusual stimulus or something different you know that's like that's when we novel 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 stimulus stimulus. so Mm -hmm. um i've been out of the field a while so yeah that's a really that's a really good point Mm -hmm. um and i you know i know we've talked before about the crazy hour-long commute i would do alone as a third grader (laughs) like walking and using public transportation and everything Mm -hmm. um so I'm, i'm always actually with that example i should say i have to i have to make a conscious reminder to myself to not be too like, ah, they can do it. I did that back when I was a kid. You know, I have mm-hmm. to find a place in the middle for that. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, I think it's important to use the whole spectrum of any of those experiences that come up. Totally. Completely true. And I think that's, um, it's, I'm glad you mentioned that because I sometimes contend on the not enough worry side. And so I'm actually quite grateful. I mean, it took a while for us to get to this point, but I'm grateful that my husband sometimes is the voice of, you know, "Eh, really, should we do that? He's, you know, he's the voice of caution. And I think that actually helps. Yeah. Yeah. We're that we have a similar balance. Mm -hmm. Okay. So related to that, my first tip of this episode is to equip your kid with street smarts. I mean, it sounds sort of basic and there's no need to be intense about it, but I think just over time in general, uh, just as you naturally teach your kids to look both ways before crossing the street, which I think is a universal, I think everybody does that. Um, you know, help them learn just how to be out and about in the world. So, you know, early on, we have emphasized to Laurel and we're in a, we're in an urban setting and, you know, it's pretty, it's a little gritty. I love it. Um, But we've subsequently taught Laurel the importance to, you know, keep your eyes up, look forward, you know, be alert around about who's around you. Not, not in a like scared and panicky way, but just, just kind of be alert. Um, Obviously not getting in cars with strangers. And, um, and also actually another good one is like, who are the safe who's who are the safe houses where do people we know live on given streets and routes and one other thing i wanted to point out which is so important cuz every time i see this happening i kind of get a like ah is that once laurel got her phone this year we told her no walking and texting because you just you can't be vigilant if you're head down on candy crush it's just yeah. <laughs> you know you're so right i that's actually very important to say out loud i'm yeah. really glad that was very wise of you to say that to her 
Well, just whenever I see, not even just kids, but whenever I see grownups walking around, like head down on their phone, I'm like, some, like a mugger could hit you on the back of the head right now and you would have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention a car or something. Yeah. I mean, so that's yeah. just like one of my little pet peeves is like walking, uh-huh. seeing people walking around head down. I'm like, you, you're not alert about your surroundings. Like what's going on? <laughs> you're not even in your surroundings. Yeah. Oh, I, but you know what? I say that, but I, I do that sometimes when I'm walking my dog and I have, I've, I, I, <laughs> I learned my lesson because I tripped over the curb once and I fell on my face on the sidewalk because I was texting. Yeah. Okay. It so there you go. Yeah. There's right. your learning experience though. That's good. That's good. It's all positive. Exactly. <laughs> learning through pain. Um, no, it was seriously, that's a, that's a very important thing to say. So my next tip actually is related because it's to periodically reevaluate your kid's competence. Mm. So it's interesting when you, you know, when you're talking about equipping your kids with street smarts, we, you know, we do this, but then sometimes it's very easy to forget to step back and let them use those new skills that they've learned because, and I think this is a very reasonable thing. We, we fall into routines with our kids that work, especially when they're little, you know, and the, and it's, it's so time consuming to let, let them do things themselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so we put their shoes on, not that, you know, putting your shoes on is particularly dangerous, but I mean, but we do the stuff for them. We pack their lunches. We do the things just so that we can, you know, it's working. You know, why yeah, get out the, the door boat and yeah. get out the door? You know, it's very easy to forget that they are growing and changing and can take on some of these tasks. And, I, you know, we talked about this in episode 26, which was all about getting kids to do chores. Mm-hmm. But it's really relevant here because we need to pause every few months and say, wait a minute, you know, can, does she have the knife, you know, the hand eye coordination to handle a knife now? Can, you know, is he ready to? You know, whatever it is, are they ready? And I think we just have to literally stop ourselves in our tracks and step back and and just think about it a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very, very good one. Um, Okay, my next one is to support your kid to take a reasonable risk, even if you're both freaking out a little, like emotionally, not because it's actually dangerous. So this is like maybe one of my favorite anecdotes. So after reading that Atlantic article john and i were talking and about this whole you know reasonable risk thing and then there was one day where like i don't know laurel was just you know when your kids are just kind of maybe they're a little bored and they can't figure out what to do and they just they're just kind of bugging you (laughs) you know they're just like kind of on you so finally john was like all right laurel go to the corner store and why don't you why don't you do something useful go go to the corner store here's some money get some orange juice (laughs) and we were like i was like oh okay this is happening this is happening now (laughs) so I'll, i'll say the corner store is not actually on our corner it's like up like down the street around the corner. So I would say maybe an eight to 10 minute walk for her. So, and it's definitely out of sight, but what we did was, and she looked a little nervous, but also excited, you know, mm. and How old was she at the time. Uh, let's see. So this was, and this was pre phone. Um, but she would have been, I think she was like, 10. I think I was this was last like year. In the, uh-huh, yeah. Like early 10. So we agreed on a route that she would follow. And actually, I think we gave her one of our phones and 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 we told her, okay, if you're not back in X minutes, then we will come looking for you on this route. So stay on the route. Um, And so (laughs) she left and we both kind of were like, you know, it's it's hard. You know, we we were watching her go down the street and I'm like, okay, she's just we got to just wait and wait and wait. And she comes running back. She like ran the whole way. (laughs) But she was like, and can you imagine like how hard it is to run with like a gallon of orange juice under your arm? I think mean, very awkward, but she ran and 
she was like breathless and a flush in her cheeks. And oh my gosh, the look of pride on her face when she got back, it was just, it was kind of incredible. Like, yeah. And, and that day, that moment changed everything. I, I, I'm not, I'm not overstating it to say that, 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 that moment changed everything. So, oh my gosh, you know, and I, I'm just imagining, you know, the wind in her face and the flush on her cheeks. And so, right. So that was one of those learning moments where, you know, you suddenly in your life, like a huge door opens up and you realize I can do this, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and I, it is specifically, I think, the danger and risk that helped her feel that way, mm-hmm. you know, and clearly it was reasonable danger and risk. But, you know, the and the trust that you put in her and the confidence that you guys expressed in her. Isn't that amazing? What a great story. It was cool. And she, you know, and and she also, I think, had a little pride in being able to help do something for the family. Like she went out and like she got the orange juice and, you know, like yeah. it was it was really cool. And it was a good exercise. And like how good it is when we as the parents let go of our own, you know, whatever issues we had. It was really, really good. Oh, man. Well, that's the whole podcast right there. (laughs) (laughs) No, really, I'm so glad you told that story. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. And I think the other thing that I would add to this is that we... We all have our own levels of tolerance, you know, like you said, you you were both freaking out a little bit, but you also were both on the same page about this. But that doesn't always happen. You mm-hmm. know, there are times when one person's saying she's ready to go to the store and the other person's like, I am not having a good feeling about this. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm recalling my grandmother and her insistence that we always, you know, we meaning my cousins and I always wear sweaters and coats because she was the one who was cold. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really natural to worry. And it's, and it's really important to honor yourself when you feel that. But it's so important to be able to distinguish when you are having a, you know, real red flag moment or when you're just having that generalized worry that's probably holding your kid back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, you know, again, it's, it's, it takes knowing yourself. And this was, you know, this was a big one for my husband and me. And I think it's worth, I, I will add one last little caveat to this, not caveat, but sort of like a coda, which is mm-hmm. that my husband grew up in, you know, his mom is probably like incredibly responsible. But what it also means is that she was really, really concerned with safety, would not let, you know, often when my kids were little, she felt like I was giving them way too much leeway. And, you know, her mm. code phrase was better safe than sorry, mm-hmm. which I which I understand. I grew up very differently. I grew up with a lot more openness. I was the kid on my bike riding through town all day, you know, whatever, coming home when the, you know, when it started getting to be evening. Mm -hmm. So we grew up very differently. But I think the reason I bring this up is that now as adults, my husband is perfectly fine with risk taking. And actually, sometimes he needs to kick me out the door a little bit. So let's remember that how we raise our kids. And even if Later on, we say, boy, I would have done that a little bit differently. They're still going to learn their lessons from the world. It's not like this is all on our shoulders yes. as parents. Yes. Let's just remember that. Yeah. So, anyway. Take um, the pressure off. Take the pressure <laughs> off. Take the pressure off. The world is helping you <laughs> yeah. teach, teach your kids these lessons. So I think my tip it has been well illustrated by Christine, this next tip, and that is that to remember that overcoming a little danger is what, you know, it's one of the biggest ways to promote self-confidence. So, so much of kids learning happens between their ears, you know, in their heads in school, you know, while their butts are sitting in chairs. Um, but when their body's involved and there's a possibility of getting hurt or getting lost or something a little risky, the learning is just totally different. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> you know, when they rise to these challenges, their their confidence just takes a massive, massive leap. And, you know, I should say that even if they do mess up and they get a little hurt within reason, this too is learning because bumps and bruises are part of life and nobody's going to intentionally put their kid in the way of a sharp knife, but it happens. And it's, you know, it's the way kids build resilience. Yeah, I can't high five this one enough. I mean, there, as we know, there's a big tendency in current parenting to protect kids from everything. Um, I will say all from a, a place, a well-meaning place, you know, but we want to protect our kids from discomfort, disappointment, struggle. And we've said it before, but the reality is real life involves discomfort and disappointment and struggle. I mean, think about your past week, whatever your past week was and all the various things you dealt with. Um, And kids need practice dealing with it. And quite frankly, it's so much better that they get practice early in a safe space with you around, you know, safe space. Yeah. Ha. But um, rather than developing an unrealistic view of the world and kind of flailing around later, not knowing how to deal with it. Right. Right. And I mean, they will flail because life involves flailing. <laughs> and the more practice that I think the point you're making is the more practice they have flailing, the better. Because... And then you can Kermit flail when you're happy. You can have good <laughs> flailing and bad flailing. <laughs> We're going to link up a Kermit flail in the show notes. <laughs> Uh, I'm not even, let's not even explain what that is. You must see a Kermit. Flail. You got to see a Kermit flail. It's great. Yeah, okay. It um, so my next tip is to do a test run or two, if it helps to build confidence and learn, you know, particularly if your kid tends to be a little more on the nervous or anxious side. So 
And I would say, you know, or cautious, you know, my, so my Laurel, as people might know, is definitely more on the cautious side. Um, and when she, so this year starting in middle school was the first time she was taking the bus. And actually, ironically, the bus, her bus stop is kind of near like a convenience store and it's not far from the orange juice place. Um, but you know, it's a totally new thing. It's in the morning, it's every day, it's a new thing. So you know, we just decided, okay, we're going to walk with you those first couple times. And that was very helpful for her. So I think, um, I guess my point is it doesn't need to be an all or nothing thing. If you need to kind of like work towards that independent run, that's, that's totally good. Mm-hmm. Baby steps, baby, baby steps, steps, man. And, uh, I think I, in my, in this piece that I wrote uh, about kids in danger, I call it apprenticeship. You know, mm-hmm. the notion of, of learning, you know, with a mentor, basically. And it's uh, like it's what we've been doing forever, you know, in our human history. And teaching through demonstration and example, I, I think it obviously comes naturally. But I also want to just remind you that it, it's such an amazing bonding experience with your kid. You know, when you're sort of like saying, OK, you, you've got this. You can do this. Let's do this together a few times. But we're working towards you doing this on your own. That's just I mean, how great is that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm just <laughs> just oh, now I'm feeling all proud of all of our kids. Yeah. <laughs> just raising kids is so great. And I think when you get out of the, the 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 weeds of when they're little and they're toddlers and all of that, and you really start seeing these things play out, it's just the most satisfying thing to it's watch. Pretty this cool. Happen. I mean, yeah. it's hard and it's incredible, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so my next tip. I would say we've we've actually pretty well covered this, but this is to go with your gut. And I just wanted to return to this notion that your idea of what's safe or reasonable is going to be different than mine. And, you know, also your kid is different than mine. You know best when your kid's ready to try something risky. And uh, I'm not saying, you know, for sure, because sometimes we're not always sure. Like, are they really ready for this? But the timelines are as individual as the kids themselves. And Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I just want to remind you of that, um, that you can try something with a kid and then go, Oh, actually maybe, you know what, maybe now's not the right time or whatever, but you know, to just really try to engage with what, you know, what your instincts are telling you. Mm -hmm. Trust yourself. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And my final tip of the episode is kind of the companion to my last one about the bus, the school bus anecdote, but it's to give a push if needed. So after our first couple days of walking Laurel to the bus in the morning, it was pretty clear that the walker, the walker was safe. You know, she had done this one before, but, um, you know, not only was it safe, but it was also clear that no other parents were walking their kids to the bus. Like it was, you know, it was a very well trafficked, um, you know, public route. So I think if we hadn't given her, given Laurel a little push and said, okay, you don't really need us anymore, um, she probably would have let it go on a little longer. I mean, part of it's it's just nice to like to chat and walk and stuff. But, you know, I guess my point is just that sometimes you need to just, you know, give a little nudge um, to make things happen. And in, in this instance, you know, it was very clear that it was safe. And um, so it was good for everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good reminder because I, I've had to do that myself. I really have. Yeah. It's funny. My actually, my son is on the cusp of getting his learner's permit oh, uh, for driving. <laughs> and and I'm, I mean, he's he was the one that was saying, OK, it's time. But before that, I was like, you know, you turned 16 like last fall. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I didn't really have to push him to do that. But I think it's a good 
it's a good um, thing to say out loud because it's really powerful for kids to hear you're ready for this from you. Because even as adults, let's be honest. I mean, how many times has our progress really come from the times when we try something we're not sure we're ready for? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like it's not like we approach risky things in life and say, I'm ready for this. Usually we say just the opposite. You say, I don't know if I can do this. And it's it's in the trying to do it anyway and pushing through that feeling that we really go, oh, my God, I did it. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, kids, that's an uncomfortable place to be. And so sometimes kids do need encouragement to get through that and realize that's sort of a natural part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. So Yay. good. So good. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So. Asha, what is your next edit for this episode? My next edit is to go back and take a few minutes to recall your own learning moments. I think that's where it really all starts for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, write those write those things down in a journal if it helps you really remember and sort of get back into that place of what it what it felt like as a kid. That's a really that's a really good one. Um, and yeah, so then mine would be a good follow up to that. It's like the next step. Um, so mine is to identify a reasonable risk to experiment with and go for it. And that could be a baby step, you know, and all baby steps are good. So even like with my my orange juice errand example, you know, that was up and around the corner. But, you know, if it feels more comfortable for you at this point to just have your kid walk you know, down the street to the, to the end and back or something like that's fine. Any, Mm -hmm. any step is good. So I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, just identify something and give it a try. Give it a try. try. You can do it. So can they. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode and found it helpful. You'll find the show notes, including links to resources we've mentioned at edityourlifeshow.com. And yes, please share your feedback so we can make this podcast even more helpful to you. You tweet us using the Edit Your Life Show hashtag or post a note on our Facebook page or drop us a line at edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. And also, don't forget, today is the last day you can pre-order Asha's book, Parent Hacks, and get your super cool multifunction little gifty. So I hope you do that and enjoy this episode. And thank you for listening, everyone. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.